0: is to discuss meaningful topics and issues from the lens of two Khmer American or sisters and other diverse community leaders. For today's episode, we will get to know Panit Duong, known as Helich Lui, who is a second-generation Cambodian refugee and has made a name for himself in the music and entertainment space. He's also internationally recognized. He spreads positivity for our Khmer community through his relatable personality and creativity, and he's known worldwide for his songs, comedic parodies, and skits on YouTube and other platforms. Hello, Chloé, you are an inspiration to us all and have given us fun memories with our family and friends to take pride in being Khmer.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to Two Khmerican Sisters. We are your hosts, Melissa and Jasmine. And today we are so honored to welcome a very special guest. He is a very unique individual and our first Khmerican celebrity guest within our khmai community yay <laughs> in 2012 he released a legendary youtube video called shit cambodian folks say and it broke a hundred thousand views in 24 hours or even more uh, but he also made additional series to share more of these hilarious inside Khmerican jokes which clearly resonated with so many of us and he has garnered more than 6 million views on youtube and has ventured into many media outlets including writing and recording music, starting his own podcast. I just wanted to share a little snippet of his music before he introduces himself.
2: Without
0: further ado, please welcome Hella
2: Hello guys. i Hello Chlay. <laughs> um my name is Punnett, but um, thank you for the dope intro. That was like amazing. You know, I'm of almost put a tear <laughs> tear in my eye. You know, I was definitely uh an honor to be here to speak to you guys, to Camarican sisters. Uh thank you for reaching out. I was born in Cowodong, like nineteen eighty three. My family um immigrated to uh Seattle, uh specifically Linwood first to a sponsor and then we stayed at like South Seattle for like uh I think from 80, 84 to to like eighty nine and then my dad, my mom, myself, and my two older sisters. But my my oldest sisters and my oldest brother stayed back in Seattle. We moved south two hours uh, to a small town called Kelso, Washington, and we was where we uh, found like low income housing with the other the Khmer families you know, on Walnut Street. And uh, we went there because I believe um, because of the the agricultural jobs, like the you know like the bechiccho, mm-hmm. the yeah, baby picking the farm, the mushrooms, the sow, the slug. You know, I think it's like a northwest. Northwest hustle, you know, that a lot of us uh, experience, you know, and um, that's how we made our living.
1: In the early to mid-1980s, there was a huge wave of Southeast Asian immigrants after the fall of Saigon in 1975. Even until today, immigrants help farmers bring in the harvest. Although some farmers use mechanical harvesting methods to gather end-of-the-season berries for making jams and pie fillings, the premium quality berries responsible for a farmer's profit needs to be carefully picked by hand. Immigrants keep our fruit and vegetables high quality and local.
2: Child labor was like right, right You know, it was like. I feel you know,
0: on
2: that. You know, we had to, you know, we had to, you know, they taught us how to work hard at a young mm-hmm. age. So we were picking berries. That's how we had to earn our school clothes money. And, you know, definitely thankful for that, you know. And, um, yeah, I've been in Kelso Longview until I throughout my whole school. You know, I went to elementary there. Started learning English and then you know became a kind of Americanized, kind of forgot like how to speak my to my parents. But uh, I was really fluent at a young age, though. But like, uh, the more you go to school, the, your siblings speak English, everybody speaks English, all your friends speak English, so mm-hmm. that's why I remember when they said, you know, my my, my parents was like, it was always like complete piasa So,
0: complete pia means don't forget the Khmer language. Remembering how to speak, understand, and write in our Khmer language is so important, but it's challenging, especially for those who were born and grew up in America for the majority of their lives, just like me. It's difficult learning just one language, let alone two. Being immersed in both cultures simultaneously, we often combine the two languages together as Bang Chiloy mentions Khmer English. For example, growing up, we were told, go the lan, which means go start the car. First to second generation immigrants often will be required to take ELL, English Language Learner classes, formerly known as ESL, English as a Second Language, to learn English. Through going to school, work, and interacting with everyone around us in English, we naturally gravitate towards English, which is the primary language of our country. And unfortunately, along the process, we forget our native tongue, Kmai, if it's not used regularly. Yeah.
2: No, Definitely, you know, so I, I get it now, like, you know, dang.
0: Well, that's you know. amazing. Like,
1: I didn't know that we had connections early on because I, our uncle was born in the camp, too. So
0: Power I think down. our family, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think
1: our family probably knew each
0: other
2: back the Yeah, same time. and
0: we yeah. came from, well, I was born in Everett, Washington. So I feel like maybe our families did interact at some point.
2: I'm pretty sure we crossed paths because we have a lot of friends and family in Everett, Edmonds, the whole area, you know, in Linwood. and um, yeah. Um, but um, like you know, I I went to school like to Kelso, like a lot of my a lot of my growing up was in Kelso, and then I went to high school in Longview, which is like the twin city, and you know, it had you had a pretty cool. I actually li- liked elementary and high school a lot. You know, I had a lot of good friends. I guess I was pretty popular. I was doing like sports. <laughs> You know, being surprised. a boy you know, being a boy in a family, you're allowed to do it. My had I had sisters, so they were my parents were more strict to them, you know, because oh, they, really? they're not allowed to do sports, they're not allowed to have, you know, friends, you know. So it's like I kind of, I was kinda of like spoiled or like, you know, I'm still I'm the baby of the the family, so it was Me like, too. I am
0: too Yeah, yeah. So it was like we're treated <laughs> different. We're
2: you know, special treatment for us. But yeah, but um I think that's important because I feel like my families are strict in general and uh they have, uh, I guess, a lot of people could relate to the same story. Like parents, they put out the same the same lectures, you know, like, that's why I made those skits. is like relatable content, like, jung to gang during the 90s. We're in the <laughs> that is so funny because you like, heard still, that growing you know, up. <laughs> it don't matter who you are, what you do, you wear your hat backwards, hangchong gang, you know, it's like, you know.
1: Gang culture in the Khmer American community is a real thing. Hangchong Twa gang, eh? is a saying that most parents tell their kids, which means... Do you want to join the gang? It was meant to scare kids from not being involved in crime, drugs, and other bad influences. Because we are the product of our environment, it is inevitable for most of us to gravitate toward gang life. And, you know, this was due to the war, genocide, generational trauma that the families had experienced. There wasn't any sense of closure or any opportunities for mental health and counseling and other resources they came to the U.S. and immediately start working so there wasn't any sort of you know transition plan
2: it was was, was like that's like their worst fear so like I was blessed to like you know not join gangs because you know I'm scared of my parents more than gangs you know like I feel like I don't want to let them down and I, I was pretty you know straight edge but for the most part you know I was I, you know, I listened to them, but I also was really, you know, I was a pretty bad kid too, you know, getting in trouble and stuff in high school. But I think that was normal, like, I think, as long as you stay out of jail, I've never been to jail. So it's was like, I think I, I did, I did okay. They oh, did for yeah. you. You know, there's two things they don't want you to do is like go to jail and join a gang or, or die. So it's like, you know, I feel like <laughs> as long as you stay out of jail, you, you did your parents right, you know? Mm.
0: We want to give you some historical background on the conditions of when immigrants arrived in the United States from our Khmer community. Thanks to the News Tribune article, we were able to gather some data. Today, there are about 320,000 Khmer Americans in the United States. California has the highest population of Khmer Americans, about a third of us. Long Beach, California has the largest and oldest Cambodian community in the nation. When Cambodians arrived during the Reagan administration, they arrived at the height of the US drug war and a surge in policing. So many of us found ourselves living in tough, socioeconomically challenged neighborhoods where crime and gang violence were rampant. So landing ourselves in the criminal justice system was very predictable. Fast forward to today, the Trump administration has worked to limit immigration and asylum and increase deportations, which remains a huge issue among my Americans today. We will touch on deportation issues in a later episode.
2: But yeah, my high school, I, I was I was the first boy in my family to graduate high school. There was a lot of pressure because you know my my brothers they came and they came and they faced racism right away because they were like fifteen no English you know. And at the time you know it was like they just they had no choice but to like defend themselves. They got in fights. My brother went to jail and stuff for fighting, and beating people up with skateboards be, because they were getting bullied. You know, so they had to do what they had to do. You know, we're not gonna yeah. like. You know, we don't. You know, we we stand up for ourselves. So it's like, yeah. Exactly. Get home though, you get beat up even more because you know <laughs> you get in trouble. So, but that's I, I you know, I feel like you know we had to go through what we had to go through that made it made us who we are. And you know,
1: it was critical for us to stand up for ourselves if we face racial discrimination, xenophobia, and bullying from others. But I know that many of us have had different experiences similar to Longchelay. But generally, immigrants have had a tough time assimilating and fitting into the American culture. And when you get backlash from those who are not welcoming you into, you know, that's supposedly your new country, you know, this presents itself a set of new obstacles to face. When coming to America, we are starting with absolutely nothing no connections, no money, no home, no jobs, and so on. So I think it's, so inspiring to hear that Bong chile grew tough skin as a kid and for most of us Khmer Americans we had to learn to grow tough skin to survive
2: but um like after that I, I went to college in Longview for like a year a year and a half and then I just uh i don't know I I felt like school wasn't for me I I didn't know what to do cuz I picked the machine shop as an uh, uh what's it called a uh, a major or whatever like you know yeah. to, I, I really wanted to do music production but they didn't have it at Lower Columbia College so like you know I felt like I kind of wasted my uh yeah. I don't know I felt I felt like there was not a lot of different type of you know curriculum like you know I don't I have no desire to do any machine shop I don't like doing it oh, yeah. so I just picked it because it, out of all the choices I had like yeah oh, let's just do machine shops so like, I got mm-hmm. on academic probation and like yeah so just went straight to work just got the work mm-hmm. field started working like regular 90 um what's it called minimum wage jobs like I was a deli clerk at Safeway for a good couple of years. And then I went, I found my way back to Seattle though. My brother actually uh, worked at Genie for like a good 15 years. You know, he's one of, so he put in a good word for me. And like, I worked at Genie for like, probably like three months, man. I was I was out partying. <laughs> so I fucked it up. That was a good job. I'm sorry. Can we cut can something here? No. That's fine. It's well-paying jobs. So I felt like I let my brother down and kind of like, you know, you know, I kind of let him down and just kind of, you know, he goes, you know, he went, he went in to get me a, give me that job man so but
1: you gotta do what makes you happy
2: yeah another lesson learned but i wish i would have just like been more responsible you know i was out late at the time you know i was just like drinking at applebee's and you know renting south center so i was always like i was out so i was like and that was an early job I was going there you have to get up at like 4 a.m job starts at 5 a.m so i'm like i'm out late so i'm like i think i fell asleep on my break then they gave me like yeah no one woke me up so it's like a 15 minute break and they don't, they don't they don't warn you. They just give you the pink slip. So it was like, you know, it's pretty serious. So that that taught me. So I learned a lot from that, you know, learn from your mistakes. So yeah, but yeah, that's how I got got back to Seattle. I lived with my brother for and um my sister um and then I was there, you know, probably a couple of years then I moved back with my parents in Kelso. And um yeah, I think it was just, just working a warehouse job and just Like Longview, Kells is so small. Like the opportunity, the job opportunity is not really, yeah, it's not really like a place to like. For like long term, yeah, yeah, not a lot of opportunities. But like, I still kind of miss like how it was. Like people say, a lot of bad things to say about it. But uh, like, like when you were like, you know, I never forget where I came from. Like there's a lot of lot of good memories and take away like the you know the. I think we're known for like, meth and like, teen pregnancies, but like. All of that, take all that away, this is a pretty, pretty nice, pretty nice like neighborhood community. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you had to go through all those experiences to get to where you're at today. Because if you didn't, your life would have taken like a different direction.
0: We live and we learn. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, 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 definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, we're so excited to talk with you more and get to know you more. And before we ask some fun questions, um, should we call you Boo or Bong? Bong's fine. Bong. Okay, we yeah. wanted to make sure.
2: And a- old, you know. I feel like I'm. Old. I'm probably. <laughs> I am a boo in like. If you want to count I think we're the
1: s- I think old. we're in the same age range. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. really? I'm, I'm thirty
1: Oh yeah, you're all 80s. I'm 32. I'm 95. Oh. So I'm okay. Jasmine's a young
2: one. <laughs> yeah. You got a really cute voice. Like he sounds like. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was listening to your podcast the other day, and like, yeah, that's just. Oh, that's thank cool. you. You guys have oh, really cool, so cool, sweet voices. You know. <laughs> You know, we get it from our pressure. mom oh yeah <laughs> yeah i love it
1: for our non khmer listeners you know it's important for us to know how to address each other as a sign of respect that's part of our culture all right so um Longchile, let's start off with some fun questions just all to right. get let's you warmed it. up even though we kind of warmed up already yeah i'm yeah. sorry if i went
2: out i'm like I'm <laughs> no! you know i'm like i said i'm, I'm <laughs> this whole no
0: it's all good stuff no it was great to get to know you better and to realize that we have some Similar upbringings, yeah. Yes. Like with berry picking, with you know being in Washington, I'm. This it's, it's exciting to know that we're connected in some way. So we
1: love my food. I own I know I always miss my mass food, and um, I know that you do too through your mukbang. Or what's it called? Mukbang. It's like a Korean <laughs> word. <Yeah. laughs> Mukbangs and skits. So. Yes. What is one Khmer dish that you cannot live without it? Without like you're always craving
2: for it? There's so many, but um, my mom's salam chukerung. So mm. yes, I've yeah. uh, I actually learned how to make it on YouTube from Cambodian mom recipe. So I was like, during, during this quarantine, I'm like, yo man, I don't want to struggle no more. I don't want to eat, you know, I don't want to just eat rice with soy sauce. I don't want to struggle <laughs> rice and eggs. You know, like I deserve to learn how to make some salam and it's, yeah, you but like i have so many favorites it's hard to choose but i always mention salam but, yukurum, but I also like steak and I also like bukko, yeah. you know mm-hmm. like the tripe the intestines i like all the you know stuff because that's what my dad ate so it's was like yeah we ate it too at the we always day. eat everything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh that's probably my top right there top but there's so much stuff please like go oh, yohan um leah <laughs> i don't even know what it's, that is is yeah, that the 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 freshwater clams you know the oh. the freshwater. water it's, it's like a you know we go use the dig uh, dig for it in uh, in the northwest yeah so uh stuff like that nice. also like seafood too like crab and you know we fish for everything love crab <laughs> yeah crab salmon all all everything yeah, that the, the, crack North has to offer. the crack sauce the crack sauce mm-hmm all that good stuff
0: that's funny because i saw in your pandemic video when you put soy sauce with rice and that's oh. something that
2: we did a lot growing up like <laughs> when we run out of food yo i still crave like the struggle meals actually. yeah no matter you know, every now and then i still crave it you know it's you know, comfort food comfort food but but yeah it's like i think like you know it's similar People, you know, everyone does the same. It's like, you know, when you think it's yours, like everybody has like their own, their own similarities. Like I, I even like rice hot dogs, rice soy sauce, rice and, rice and fish sauce if there's no soy sauce, you know. I mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> Southeast Asian cuisine
0: generally uses similar spices and ingredients like lemongrass, Thai chili peppers, fish sauce, oyster sauce, and more. But we Khmer people are also known for prohok, which is a crushed, salted, and fermented fish paste, usually of mudfish that's used in Cambodian cuisine as a seasoning or a condiment. It has a strong aroma, which may not smell pleasant to most Westerners, but it's delicious, sour, salty, and savory. And when we say crack sauce, it's this addicting sauce made with chopped cilantro, scallions, and fish sauce which is typically served with steak, crab, or another protein along with white rice. So it sounds like you're cooking a lot. Um, what do you think is a staple item that should be in every Khmerican's household? Like the mate? Mateh?
2: Definitely Bahok because I use, I use it in more than just like dipping. I've been using it in like soups too, like, you know, to mix with your soup um also like lemongrass for sure like oh i love you can do so much with lemongrass mm-hmm. and like and pretty sure they use it for other things as well but um yeah. um i think the underrated uh ingredient that Kh- my people Maybe, maybe they don't mention it enough. Uh, galanga. Gal- I don't know how to
1: spell oh, it. Oh, Galagang. Galanga, Galang- whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like a, I know what it, you're yeah, talking about.
2: Yeah, it's like a root looking thing that kind of looks like ginger, but they use it to make grill too. Like it's it's with the lemongrass. They use it to make the grunel paste, but it gives that natural spice. I also put it in mm. my soups too. So I was like, yeah, i hungry. That, that home, I know, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> And it's of course, lime leaves, lime leaves, too. Lime oh, leaves.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. You know
1: what? I always find it so hard to find ingredients at the, like, my store or Asian mm. store. Really? Because don't label anything. Oh, yeah. Especially if you go to the hole in the wall places. You just yeah, have to know time. what they look yeah, like. Yeah,
2: FaceTime your mom. I just <laughs>
1: the one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bong Chile, how did you decide on your name and what is the meaning behind it?
2: I don't know me. Me and my homie uh, when, we, when we first started, I don't know if you guys know J L Jupiter. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, he's like um, he, at the beginning. Uh, he was like shooting for me at my camera. camera yeah. Guy. And I like you know we met when I moved to New York and um, you know like our Kama is not fluent, but uh, we were just trying you know just challenging each other to speak mine our. <laughs> So we just like speak English you know, broken it but you know, we just yeah. started saying Chile so much. It's like it's like a funny word to us. So, yeah. like, I'm going to you know. So, it's like, Yay. that's how I got the name. So it's actually from him. So like, it just kind of stuck. Oh. I'm just gonna go by "Hella Chle." Hella because you know we're we're from the West Coast and like yeah. a lot of Cali and Bay Area influences is in Seattle. Like we listen to E Forty. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: we were interested to know the significance of his stage name Hella Chle. Hella is the West Coast slang word originated from San Francisco, the Bay Area, gaining popularity in the 90s, which means very, really, or super. This is not commonly used in the South. Chlui loosely means rude, shady, disrespectful in the Khmer language. Through his comedic videos, he comes off as Hela Chlui. But Panet is far from that. He is such a sweet and genuine guy in real life.
2: It's like an Oakland thing, but like, you know. I feel like anything Oakland do, Seattle do, you know, Low Riders, you know. All, all, I grew up in the '90s, so it was like we're heavily influenced by c- California hip hop culture. So, so that you know.
1: Yeah, I love your it's name. It's so catchy.
2: Yeah, I mean, we like growing up, that Seattle slang was really in, uh, unique in itself. We used to say "filthy." Mm-hmm. I don't know, if, you, you guys. Might yeah, too, we use that. You guys might be too young. but, well, yeah, we used to say that's filthy. Mm-hmm. Hella, hella. So I, yeah, I, I did remember saying hella back then too. Like hella, hella. But I didn't know what it got about it, so not till later till we, you know, I f- found out it was like, you know, it's like a Bay Area slang, so. Yeah.
1: I I remember trying to use those slang words in the Midwest and in the South, but they don't use they don't know, they, or filthy. Yeah. yeah.
2: They have their own lingo. It's, it's funny, like, every region has, like, their own thing. They do. It's yeah. so interesting.
1: Most of us Khmer Americans use slang words when we speak because we're heavily influenced by hip-hop and Black culture. Those are some words that are part of our normal vocabulary. And it's a big part of our Khmer American culture.
0: So Bong, many of us know you through your projects. And I just want to say that um, I love how you perfectly capture how our Khmer parents are like, and how the interactions between the parent and the child are like. Like, it's exactly oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> what we experience. Yeah, so your videos give me a sense of familiarity and pride in Khmer culture. In Dominican culture I'm glad i'm
2: glad that you guys yeah. would, you know relate to it like that's so a fans <laughs> i appreciate that yeah you thank you jail. so much um yeah about this uh those family of relatable skits it's like really just like me trying to reenact like scenarios that my parents you know used to do so it's, like, it's all like real life stuff you know real life you know lectures you know real life you know but now with your kids you know like you know teach your kids like lessons you know like but i try to i try to poke fun at it you know, I, I never try to, like, disrespect or, like, of course. I like, you know, I just, I just feel like it's, like, you know, what's it called? It's, it's a word for, it. like, I don't know, just, like, genuinely funny humor, you know, like, I'm not really too much on, like, the dry humor, like, you know, I, I don't, I just make stuff that I feel that's funny. That mm-hmm. I've, I've seen my brothers, my uncles, my, you know, the, the elders, the my the elders, they're so funny just by the way they talk, like, mm-hmm. naturally, we're just funny people, so. Yeah. I just try to remember, you know, I have really good memory from my childhood. So that's why people think I'm fluent when I do my Kamae skits. I'm really not fluent. That's probably like the, the most advanced you'll hear is me. It's all of my skits. And like, I just remember what I remember. on yeah. certain words and the way they say it.
0: Because I, they'll say it over and over again.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like forever in your, you know, in your vocabulary because, you know, daily. I, I always get, you know, cussed out every day in Kamae, you know. <laughs> and, and, it, and it hits different when in kumai, so. There's some words I don't say. You know, I don't I don't say, like, the ba- the hardcore words because, you know, I have, like, a, you know, broad audience, especially the kids. I try not to, like, uh, teach them, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I try not to, like, you know, what's it called? Like... like um, be a bad influence? Just, yeah, be a bad influence or, like, just try to... I, I just... I feel like, you know, like, the old people are watching as well, too. They support me, yeah. too. Like, the, the, mm-hmm. the grandmas, and the grandpas, you know. And my mom just got on Facebook, so I got to be in my best behavior, you know. And the one thing you don't do is like you know they you know, they're always about reputation like you know don't want, you don't want to like you know make us look bad and stuff so like definitely that that means a lot because reputation even though like you know they they go hard with the reputation like it, it is important you know yeah. I don't want them to be like oh your parents who raised you you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's important to me like you know. I, I, I'm a mama's boy, so I I don't want to ever (laughs) let her down or, you know. Yeah, I would call
1: it, like, lighthearted humor. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's
2: the word I was looking for, lighthearted humor. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because, like, we first watched your your viral video with Mm. our whole family. Like, we did Mm. a road trip all the way to Salem, Oregon, which that's where I was born, and we still have family there, and we watched, like, all your videos, like, in a marathon, and we were all laughing together. The first one, right? The first one? Yeah, the first one.
2: Yeah, the the thing about the first one is, was I did kind of say some cuss words that I probably want to say now, because I didn't know it was um, gonna go viral. I just did it for uh, fun, at, and I, did, oh I, did, I didn't, I wasn't, think, I wasn't thinking about me, you know, because like I didn't think a kid's gonna like, you know, yeah. look up to me and you know, like. So I like I had to really change you my no my idea. thing because like, oh, I'm a role model, all, so that's the way I think. Like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I, all eyes on me, so I gotta like you know make sure I don't, you know, set a bad example.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, what I'm saying. I don't think
1: so, but no, I mean. It made us have like a fun night, you know, with you know, multiple good. generations in the room. So it makes me
2: feel good. Yeah. Like, I freaking, I freaking love it when people send <laughs> me like clips of them watching my videos. They're like, wow! So we've yes. known you,
1: you, we've idolized you. So this is a really exciting.
2: Oh wow! I'm just, I'm just a regular person. That's why I, I still, I still feel like, um, you know, I know I don't think I'll ever get used to it. Like, you know, people treat me like, you know, when I do my New Year events and Know, they get like a star I think that's weird because I feel like I'm always in Seattle I'm always at the grocery store I walk around by myself sometimes you know like yeah if you see me man don't be scared I'm, I'm normal you know <laughs> well I love so, that you're humble yeah. that's
0: great. Yeah. thank you so with that we're interested to hear more about your beginnings so as a Cambodian refugee what was it like immigrating from Cambodia to the United States what were some of your early memories
2: early memories um I just remember that I remember little bits and pieces of me being a toddler, but I don't remember a lot. I didn't really get memory until like maybe five years old when I was watching Kung Fu movies. <laughs> Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> so in the household, you know how parents do, they watch a lot yeah. of a lot of Kung Fu movies, I'm 30 cassette mm-hmm. VCR episodes, Wong Fei Hong Returns. I was really, really obsessed with martial arts. So that's like in my first love. Oh yeah. I saw that you do you did Taekwondo? Yeah when I was in my teens, so that, that took a lot from my parents to, like, I had to really beg for it, but uh, as I got older, but, like, growing up was, um, the the refugee story, you know, like, the Northwest, the Northwest struggles, the, uh, you know, I think we lived in uh, the Kenyon Street Apartments in South Seattle with, like, geez, probably eight or nine people in a two-bedroom, and, um, yeah, and we were there for, like, from, like, 85 to, like, 89 when we moved to Kelso. I just remember being a kid um, just doing kid things yeah uh, you know um, you know when 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 life was good like we could just go outside play with our friends mm-hmm. play in, play with the mm-hmm. dirt hide and seek gra- you know catch grasshoppers stuff like that you Close know and um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was fun but i um, like um, I think most of my memory was like in Kelso but like we always go back and forth to, to Seattle because our older my older sisters and stuff, they stayed there. They never came to Kelso. Oh, they stayed really? there because oh. they, had, they made that decision. So we're always like, I think it, was like, it felt like it was like biweekly to f- visit them yeah. or like at least once a month to visit and just hang out, get my groceries and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we're always back and forth. So that's why I always rep Seattle, even though I spent most of my, my, my adolescence in Kelso, so I'm, I'm always representing Seattle no matter what because you know ain't nobody know where Kelso is. Like you have to like really pull out the map and <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't like, even know where it is. I'm yeah. like after oh! this, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I but I have pride with Kelso because uh, you know that's where I grew up. That's where I went to school. My Facebook personal profile still says Kelso, Washington. You know,
0: Kelso is a city in the southwest part of the U.S. in the state of Washington. It is 40 miles north from Portland, Oregon, to give you some context. But mm-hmm. well, like in
2: my music videos, I'm always like screaming Seattle, yelling Seattle, rapping Seattle. I always have like Seattle hats on, Sonics. Nice. Uh, Woo! Woo! I have mean, like, you know, so it's much hot. pride because, you know, it was like, you know, you know, it was just Seattle just like responsible for a lot of things, you know, like mm-hmm. everything, you know. Right. We have Microsoft, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh,
1: and like Amazon.
2: Uh, and like Amazon. Dick music you know, we just, and we had the supersonics at one time so it was like yeah and when they took that away I, you know i felt like you know piece of me left because i was really hardcore nba fan too
1: according to a report from the pew research center as of 2015 seattle tacoma had the third largest cambodian population in the u.s but we're so proud to grow up in the pacific northwest seattle is known for a lot of great things like our sports music coffee technology our famous lush evergreen forest culinary scene and lots more mm-hmm.
2: i actually played a little bit of basketball in uh, middle school oh okay oh in elementary too i was on like the tournament team i was actually uh, pretty good. Elementary. i was a little i was a little like four <laughs> oh. eleven kid running around as a point guard but i was making shots so i was like martial arts just kind of like that's what i wanted to do you know i really had to beg my parents when i turned like f- 14 or 15. um like one of the, the families, my family's my one of my friends older brother he was in he was in taekwondo he's a black belt so he had to convince my mom that his school is a good place for me that i you know and then from then on i just you know i trained really hard like i became like as a white belt i was like i already came in there with like you know learn you know self-taught stuff watching bruce lee movies so i was already like <laughs> a spanking, so my, my instructor was kind of nice. like, mad yeah, i was beating like higher ranking belts you know in, in sparring and stuff so i was unnatural natural at that but um we did a lot of tournaments so it was like that was like my life from like age 15 to 17. i was training every single day i think minus the weekends like five days a week doing all kinds of tournaments and winning first place only you know just like grand champion trophies i was doing like board breaking sparring forms and all that stuff
1: wow that's amazing and that you're able yeah. to do all of
2: that yeah that yeah i was like really good too like my instructor told you're me pretty like active he was like, <laughs> yeah he he told me like he's like i'm the best student he's ever had you know and he's wow. been, he's been teaching for long, long. So yeah, man, I, I felt, I felt invincible at one point. I felt like, I, I was, you know, but I was really in, you know, I was really in shape. So I was, you know, like I was 15. I was in my prime. I had like six pack and all that. I wish I could go back. You know, like, cause I, you know, I, I didn't get like, you know, I didn't get overweight till like after college. So that's why I'm still trying to get, you know, health as well. Right now I'm trying to, you know, work out more and just try to get, get healthy, get, get some of my youth back. You know, I feel, I feel better than I did like four years ago. I was a overweight and I was really big. If you see my music videos from four years ago, so it was a big, big difference, but still, you know, I always have that motivation just looking at my you know, my martial arts photos like, yo, I used to be like this. Old.
0: I think it's inspiring that Bang Chilui was so athletic when he was younger and that now he's determined to get back into it, focus on his health, get back in shape. And that's really important, especially as we're getting older how cool was it that his parents allowed him to take on so many different activities they inspired him to find ways to be more expressive and confident in himself it gives that you that too late
2: yeah that motivation yeah so i was yeah. like yeah martial arts is everything i got my black belt when i was uh 17 and i uh, got the high test score out of the whole region of the west coast i, I was a wow. uh, high That's test amazing. score and i got a ribbon for it and everything so yeah and, uh, yeah. and then as i grew up yeah and then like after that uh started getting into music i just had so many Things I wanted to do, like I was experimenting, like you know, Bone Thugs and Harmony came out. Yeah. Um, their album came out. Thug, you know, Thuggy's Rugged Bone came out. Like, yo, who, what is this? You know, like nothing. I, <laughs> like, it's like nothing I ever heard. You know, like yeah. you know, I wanted, I wanted to rap when I heard that. So, my mom had a karaoke machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yeah, back then I used to get the cassettes. You know, like I'll get the single, with the instrumental on the other side. I'm not sure what beat. I think it was like Warren G regulators. I took that beat and just wrote my own lyrics and rapped on it on a cassette from a uh, blank tape to record it on her character machine and me and my friends were doing it so come like, my friend shout out to ap and Lada and La, uh law we were all making music together for a good like most of our high school years so. yeah was, like our thing and then <laughs> and one day Lynn he went out and got a like a digital workstation it was like our first taste of professional audio recording it's like a little piece a piece of equipment and then we were recording there and then we were like making cds in like 1998 so we were really hyped because that was like a cool technology you know it's pretty advanced back then yeah we we leveled up yeah we're burning (laughs) cds right off the workstation and and we had some cool rap songs at the time you know we thought we were we thought we were dope but and that was you know and it was till this day we're still making music lyndon is a really good uh, producer and he's a really good songwriter like I know, i always like I'd always try to put like like you know tell people about them because I felt like the like the Northwest talent is really slept on and like he's just not like on social media like that so I wish like so right now with, that's what with the podcast I'm, I'm, I have a dope interview with him so definitely Wait. want to show the world his music you we'll have to check a, him out. Yeah his music wow. is on iTunes it's AP uh patiently waiting is a solid R&B record he produced, mixed himself and he sings really really good like if it came out today it would still be relevant to the sound like and he did this in 2011 it's a really good project i still listen to it straight through no skip and it's like i don't know you get like you get like craig david vibes you get some neo mm-hmm. vibes all original style. yeah, yeah the he's, a, R&B. he's a singer singer yeah so yeah that's my oh, guy so he's also like out. my mentor with the music too like mm-hmm. he taught me a lot about the you know that the process of like mixing your own records the quality how to he taught me how to like record myself and you know and i still use uh, the methods today and um we still talk regularly and send each other music you know we've been like making music for like 20 years long before this hella chili stuff. we were making like actual like trying to make that's real impressive music, you know and um yeah so and like as an indie and as an indie like artist it's really hard to like get people to you know to rock with your music yeah. or just put yourself out there because like, i think we were i think we were like kind of ahead of our time we kind of I think with was the timing when we put out our music. It's like we didn't have people shooting music videos for us. Now everybody got cameras. They got a whole team shooting their own videos, high-quality videos. And I think if we came out recently <laughs> with yeah, everybody, you know, with dope videos, I think we, we, we'd we be, you know, we, we'd be compete, you know. Yeah, but yeah. For sure. But um. But it would, for us, it was never for, like, the fame or nothing like the cloud because we genuinely love making music, and we like the music that we made. And, you know, I think we had I had to go through that. Process to to find my niche with comedy Mm because comedy was never really my passion. I was just kind of like a natural, Mm -hmm. funny guy to to my friends, you know. I always made them laugh, but I was uh, I didn't have no desire to do comedy. So when uh, the shit Cambodian folks say was uh, at the time, YouTube was like kind of new. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it was a bit actually too. YouTube probably like been around for a little bit before I even found out YouTube. I was kind of late on the YouTube thing too, so it was like I think it was 2011 or Late 2010 or I think 2011 when I did shit, Can't if we'll say.
0: Regarding his music creation process, it's impressive how he and his friend started with minimal equipment and his passion for music started at a very young age. Now that he has a growing platform, he can explore other passions to keep refining in his craft, learn new skills, and stay relevant.
2: And um, I did it because I was looking on YouTube, you know, and I saw that there was trends like a uh, shit filipinos say shit Korean yeah say. i remember that uh yeah things uh white people say or new yorkers say so i just, I just went there and, you know typed it I, just, I wanted to see i was curious to see if anyone did a my version so i did my version i did on my iphone 3gs at the time did a selfie mode and just recorded myself and edited it on imovie and just uploaded it with no expectation and then it, it went viral like people were tweeting it i didn't even know what twitter was you know like, <laughs> yeah. that's like my first taste of social media too. Actually, I was on Facebook and um, no, that was on MySpace at the time. So yes, like, I was a newbie there. like Coming from Asian Avenue, that was our MySpace before MySpace. Remember that Asian Avenue?
1: Yes, Asian Avenue. Place Asians, yeah. Place for Asians,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For Asians. yeah. yeah. What
1: was it like, Apartment yeah. One Hundred and Five or something? Yeah, yeah. I've had, yeah. That
2: yeah. I had that too. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I know only only real ones know about Apartment One Hundred and Five. When the dot com bubble
1: had burst in the late nineties. The Facebook of our times were Zanga, Asian Avenue, Apartment One Hundred Five, and MySpace. These social networks were similar to Facebook, but too bad these old school sites never gained any traction. But
2: we had some great memories from those early days. I mean, like like the whole like Asian Avenue and Apartment One Hundred Five taught us how to the, the code. You know, do oh, bit That's true. Yeah. You yeah. Fix the our Yeah. Yeah. HTML. Yep. did a like, lot yo. of copying and pasting. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get that and little little music. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. That was a fun At time. That music, was a real fun time. Yeah, that
1: was.
2: I really like that era.
1: You know that that era like was the first time we brought our Asian community together. hmm You know, if you think about yeah.
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Facebook copied Asian Avenue for real, like. I know. The
1: Asian,
2: the Asian Avenue founder could have been the billionaire for real. Damn. like
1: You know what I mean? Missed opportunity. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much
2: the same thing. The same layout. You know what I mean? Like kind of. Yeah. Th- you know? yeah
1: <laughs> all right <Top> so, friends <laughs> yeah so we wanted to ask you um like what challenges did you experience growing up like do oh, you do you remember oh, yeah. learning how oh, to speak uh english for the first time
2: oh yeah but i think english was like really easy for me like i picked okay. it up right away like i tried to learn Khmer when i was in kindergarten because my parents had an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, someone was teaching someone in the community was teaching us all Khmer. i could not pick it up oh. at all yeah, yeah, I could not, no matter yeah, how hard I, I tried. Home. Yeah, yeah, it was so difficult for me. But you know, English is like cat, you know, C A T, cat. You sound it out. But they put, I was in ESL just you know by default. But they said I was, I said I don't belong in there because I'm I'm speaking English fluently, you know, Oh, wow right away. I picked it asked. up. Yeah, I didn't have no trouble with the with learning. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's really interesting for those who grew up in the '90s. Depending on how much Khmer was spoken at home, it either got us ready to begin school or it held us back. Wong Shui knew English pretty well, so he didn't feel like ELL class was for him. As for other my kids and immigrant kids, we were all in ELL class for many years during elementary school until we spoke English well enough. I think that this experience always made me feel a little self-conscious about speaking English uh, since I was born in the US and I felt like I should have known English, but I needed that extra assistance.
2: Just I just have weak points. I, I, I hated math. I suck at math. I still suck at math everything else too. i'm good yeah everything else i'm good yeah
1: yeah okay. i like creative
2: writing that's why i started writing songs was in creative You're Very writing. artistic thank you yeah i think that's what a, what's it called what's it called a left-brain person when they're more like a yeah. person yeah i hate math i like i'm creative yeah i'm a creative that's exactly what i am i like writing songs i like writing poems I like writing raps I, that's what i did at, in creative writing and that was like i believe that was like ninth grade though but other than that you know i i did have you know different struggles um i did like um I, you know i was, was like on some knucklehead stuff in like middle school I, I got in trouble you know i was uh i don't know like this one time uh my friend he was actually my friend like my my friend ian you know he did like a shoulder bump i was not in, in the mood in the morning just walking to my class in the hallway and then i I felt like it was like you know he's just trying to like pissed me off and so i like just grabbed him by the head and just kneed him in the nose broke his nose oh, i didn't well. even say nothing so i got expelled oh and i got out of school suspension three days they, they were about to press charges and everything but since he was my friend he i think he taught his mom not to mm-hmm. so if, if i if, if i got expelled dude, my parents would have killed me mm. yeah and I, I hid it from my parents too they didn't find out till later
1: i just want to say that no one is perfect although it may seem like someone is you don't really know their internal struggles and challenges that they had face. I myself got into some trouble during high school. I hung out with the wrong crowd. They were a bad influence on me. And if it weren't for several things that had happened after I had a huge wake-up call, I wouldn't have turned my life around. I think it's easy for us to be hard on ourselves for mistakes that we've made in the past, but I think that all you can do is learn from them, move on, be more intentional, and do something for ourselves that is more productive.
2: I actually went to school still but i was in my friend's car just hiding in there just it's like the days hours go by because i didn't want to tell my mom because if i did mm-hmm. um, it would have been a, it would have been a problem it would have been a big problem mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: but i did that for three days three <laughs> school, <laughs> out, out of school suspension so i'm not sure how she found out oh maybe she doesn't know i don't know
0: now she knows if yeah, she, now listens. she knows. yeah i'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure yeah at least you learn from it, and you felt yeah. that guilt, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not do
2: felt it again. Guilty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just had—I kind of had a temper, you know. Like, you know.
0: Oh, okay.
2: I think uh, you know, I just go through like I have like my phases in life, you know. Like, sometimes I'm shy, sometimes I'm like, you know, antisocial. Mm-hmm. But like, it changes like you know, every year changes. Like, then I'm like talkative, then I'm like a social like, you know, mm-hmm. like I like the, you know, like the party. I'm kind of the life of the party, like in, in college, you know. Like, I think some people, you know you know some people like maybe thought i was annoying because i talk too much but um yeah but then i would i would have another episode where i become anti-shows i don't want to go out i just want to be my, myself you know it's kind of weird it's like i had ups and downs a roller coaster yeah
1: you know
2: maybe it's sort of like a you know depression like mental health stuff mm. you know things that are, you know things that happen at home can affect the way you know depression and
0: mental health issues commonly exist within our Khmer community due to the trauma that we experience in our history and we've also seen this with our own dad being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. These issues are not widely spoken of or brought up within our families. We tend to ignore them because there's a negative stigma around these topics. We also may not always be able to afford to seek help to pay for therapy, meds, or rehab services. I also
2: had health issues too. I had a really bad asthma back then. You know, I was, uh, I was allergic to everything. I had, um, had really bad asthma there was p- the times where i went to the hospital because mm-hmm. i couldn't breathe and stuff but um yeah
1: that's really tough because yeah. especially knowing like how athletic you were as a child yeah
2: it's weird right yeah but it's like um i don't know i think it might have been after taekwondo and actually i had it in taekwondo but asthma didn't affect my performance i think that when i started not being active like just staying home whatever my asthma gotten worse and stuff it's like indoor allergies, or pollen, whatever. I was really allergic. Now I don't even take no medicine. It's been like twenty years since I've That's taken great. medicine. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. I live in New York. There's really no allergy. I'm not allergic to anything anymore. That's great. Except yeah. for cats. I don't have oh. cats. I have a dog. though. I love my dog. Oh, yeah.
1: <gasps> what's your dog's name? Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Yeah.
2: yeah I, I always. We see Sarah sometimes, yeah. like on your yeah. stories. I think. I'm, yeah. I think I'm obsessed. Like I, I think I, you know. I, I, should, I was like, my life is pretty much just walking three days a week, especially during this quarantine. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm still social distance. I don't know what everybody else is doing. I Last see partying, chilling. I'm, like, yeah. I'm not even at the restaurant like that either. Like I've, I mm-hmm. haven't eaten out. I just been cooking. So I'm like, I don't trust it. You know, like COVID nineteen yeah. is real. I feel like people need to take it more serious. And Seriously, okay. California shut down again because people don't listen, and they're, there's there's anti mask people. I think, like, come on, man, they really, they just believe what they want to believe on the internet. Like, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: the mask is not gonna like. Take away your oxygen, you know? I it's, know, right? It's so wear simple. It, wear it When you walk a few blocks and you go to the store, it's not going to ruin anything. It's
1: part of the Asian culture. like Yeah. When, so I was in Japan in February. So that was in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. And everyone wore masks, and it was normal. Like, if it's you normal. didn't wear a mask, you looked different. Right. So it's just crazy to me how, in the U.S., people are just making it political, you know? Yeah, they're making yeah. it
2: political, and they have For safety. conspiracies. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, not that hard. Like, everywhere else in the world is doing it. They're doing it long before COVID. They've been doing it before yeah. Ebola. Just do it because then they have to protect themselves. They're you know the lungs. You gotta protect your lungs. Yeah. You, you know all you know, them droplets, man. It's microscopic. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully I just...
0: things get better, but yeah.
2: So I didn't really think this pen uh this this pandemic was gonna be that serious at first, you know. man, mm-hmm.
0: here.
2: I, I hella downplayed it, and then like, damn. It's freaking almost August now you know and
0: Half they shut year. Us down
2: yeah mm-hmm. they shut us down in March I'm like yeah we'll be back by you know maybe uh May you know or I, I had confidence I was gonna go to Seattle for my new year so everything my oh. I was gonna go visit my fam, do what I do every year you know yeah I spend a month in Seattle every April so definitely you know if you guys want to do a, a meet up or something let's do it up. Next we'll year. Do a American live parking <laughs> up. <laughs>
0: My New Year happens every April for three days. It either starts on April 13th or 14th, continues through the 15th and 16th, depending on the calendar year. There's usually a huge celebration within our Cambodian community, as well as our neighbors, Thai and Lao communities, since they also celebrate New Year's during this time. It represents the end of the harvesting season. When farmers enjoy the fruits of their labor before the rainy season begins. Khmer New Year coincides with the traditional solar new year in several parts of India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Myanmar, Laos, and Thailand. Cambodians also use the Buddhist era to count the year based on the Buddhist calendar. During the three-day celebration, we will prepare special dishes, have ceremonies at the temples, play traditional games, watch apsara dancers gracefully entertain the crowds and other forms of entertainment like plays, skits, traditional dances, and live bands. We hope to get back into going to these events once the pandemic subsides. Well, through this pandemic, we made the podcast and we made, you know, two American sisters, so I think from that, it's been pushing people to develop their own projects and mm-hmm. find new hobbies, which is great. Yeah,
2: and con- it, it, congratulations, yeah. by the way. This is, oh, yeah. It's, thank oh, you thank so you. much. <laughs> it's, it's good what you guys are doing for art culture. I feel like a young voice like you guys really are, would be impactful, you know. I, exactly. I, I, talk, I'm, I plan on talking about stuff like welcome. that, too. But, uh, thank, yeah, you're welcome. You know, I feel, I feel like, you know, it's, it's time for us to talk about it, you know, and educate and um, just share our views and tell stories and stuff and it's cool that you're you have like you know survivors telling their story from mm-hmm. like a yay point of view which is you know it's mm-hmm. eye-opening it's definitely you know i heard a lot of stories from my parents they made us watch us the killing fields at age yeah. six so they mm-hmm. educated yeah. us right away it was really you know graphics so i was like yeah. watching your parents cry you have to cry too it's mm-hmm. like dang, and they said it was like the realest depiction of the killing fields mm-hmm. i mean of the actual killing fields so was a good movie like it's like really it felt real and um rest in peace dr hang nor's like really uh sad story for him too like you know
1: yeah that was like our first movie too and we watched it when I don't even remember how old but it did make an impact on us too and then I was the only one in in our family to go to um, through a school social work program to learn about all the issues and like visit the NGOs there but I can talk about that you know in a different podcast um, definitely. but I'm be
2: I, tuning in, yo. I yeah. definitely think it's good to support each other and definitely, uh, especially my by women, you know. A lot of I woke up today like women empowerment, you know, like you know, women, yes,
1: girls around <laughs> yes. the world, so, you
2: know, without women, there wouldn't be men, you know,
1: exactly. <laughs> but, a good good a, way a of looking boy, at it, so,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, definitely have you know, respect for women, and it's definitely, you know, we need that that. That voice, too, you know, different views, you know. You guys are usually smarter than us, you know. No, (laughs) no. Statistically, you know. But, you know, I'm trying. Every day I'm learning, you know, that's why I'm listening to more podcasts. I just really got into, like, podcasts, but I've been watching a lot of uh, hip-hop-related podcasts, like Joe Budden, No Jumper, Vlad TV. And, like, you know, these guys just talk all day, just about, you know, just regular comedy. like, I think I could do that. But I'm also definitely going to, like, do what you guys do, like, get, get stories from, like, the Kamai community, you know, lift each other up and um, promote each other. Small businesses and yeah, stuff like that. And, and I definitely, you know, even I'm, I'm just going to have, like, you know, right now I'm just, like, you know, just hitting people up. just hand-selecting, like, the people I know and, like, maybe people I've probably worked with in the past. Food people, musicians, yeah. and, uh, maybe community leaders. But um, I'm going to start with the Kamai community, but I'm also not I'm also not going to limit to, to, to Kamai. Right. I think it's important we get views from everybody else you know like different mm-hmm. races
0: yeah to so build something. that unity
2: yeah unity definitely Which want you... to do unity mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely um want to have a little mixture you um, know you know we just want to do something i definitely want to get out of my comfort zone i feel like i, I have the what it takes to talk yeah it, so when the camera comes on sometimes i get real nervous but uh, I, I think that's human nature I think yeah it that's normal nervous, <laughs> you know so this is mm-hmm. us being human so but the more have I a do conversation. It, yeah, the more we do it, the more we get hooked, and the yeah. more we like it, and the more we get comfortable. So, yeah, it's only gonna get better, all of us. So, and it's gonna be dope seeing you guys grow.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. We are super excited to support you.
2: Thank you um, so much.
0: Yeah. So we have a couple questions that we want you to share, so that mm-hmm. the viewers can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Um. So, you often play the role of a my parent, and I agree with you that my parents give us tough love um, yes. to go to school, be successful, do all these things. So how did your family feel and react when you started your music entertainment?
2: My family uh, my family liked it uh, like for the most part, I think my sisters and my brothers saw it first i don't I don't think my mom saw it till later. And she I don't and I think she heard about it through the grapevine, but she really didn't think much of it. She you know, I'm still her son, like you know, she didn't know how social media works. She didn't really think much of it. I think now she knows the you know, I've been trying to tell her yeah, like there's people in Cambodia watching my stuff. So it was like, <laughs>
1: That's
2: awesome. Yeah, it does a word for her. What is that, Ma?
1: <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, you know, you know
2: Akram <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I'm god. I'm like the, I'm like the Khmer American Akram. But I haven't like, heard like, his name like, in so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean like now it's like Ta or Omkram, you know like Back like, in the days, where kids of what we called them, yeah. Of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the OG of comedy. Yeah, that's what I grew up on, too. Like, that, I think it's important to have Khmer, Khmer American, Khmer comedy is, like, I feel like it's, like, lost art, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I'm pretty sure they still do it now, but, like, we grew up on the OG, like, Krum, Ham, Loto, Tranglo, there's, like, a whole bunch of them. There's, like, a whole yeah. squad, you know, in like, in the 90s. To me, that was the golden era of
1: mm-hmm. Khmer
2: comedy, yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think my path was going to go towards comedy, but I remember laughing to their stuff and I remember my parents laughing and just it just was good vibes. It's good. It's it's you know, laughter is the best medicine, you know? It just makes you feel good, you know, feel better. Yeah, I so, totally uh, agree. Definitely important to have comedy. We got to keep that alive. And hopefully yeah. the next generation keep doing it, you know. I hope so too. And we can I'm keep, keep doing encouraging I'm gonna, them. Yeah. I keep doing my thing just but I also you know have so many I have stuff I want to do. I feel like I have a lot of More off to offer, you know. I I don't want my legacy just to be like the parody guy or like my my weird out. I love weird out. I love parodies. I still do parodies when I want to. Yeah, you know. But I'm I'm focused on making original content as well because like these days, like the whole copyright thing, it's kind of annoying. Just like you make some fire parody and then they take it down or whatever, they block it. So I just had too many politics with the music, the copyright, the music industry. So I was just making original stuff, maybe have people cover my songs. So I was like, I think I make good, you know, original songs as well, you know? Yeah, you,
0: wanna, you want to be inspired so that you can keep making content. If you don't feel inspired, then like, what is the purpose of that?
2: Right. So I think yes. it's great
0: that you're venturing off and doing what you want.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So did I answer your question about my family? Yeah, that's pretty much Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> mom didn't know till later. she didn't really she didn't really think nothing of it like yeah (laughs) she's like okay that's cool and she just now got on facebook this year
1: she's old school she's like
2: like in her (laughs) high 60s i believe oh wow okay Yeah. yeah
1: thanks for sharing that and then you also answered the next question too like what is the legacy that you'd like to leave behind
2: Um, I just want to like inspire the next generation kind of like to keep our culture alive through comedy and through music and just like for people that want to like do arts or entertainment like just you're gonna you're gonna go through the adversity you're gonna go through the you know the people make you know the haters the people that don't support you Um, you're gonna go through your your emotions but um you know like just keep doing what you love practice your craft read books YouTube tutorials, I spend a lot of my time every day, every single day I'm on some, on YouTube learning something, whether it be audio production, getting my mix. You know, I'm really hot, big on a, my sound quality. Also video editing, I've developed a passion for shooting and editing my videos. Now I, I don't, you know, I have all the tools I need to do everything myself. You know, I used to have like, you know, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just it felt like, you know, especially during quarantine, you can't really wait for people people have their own lives you know mm-hmm. they have their own they have their own you know hustle too so it's like um i felt like for the people like that want to do something you know in, in entertainment or just in life just just do what you love and do it because you love it Don't no, don't don't worry about the money i don't like to be honest I, this youtube don't really make me no money i do it because i really love what i do you know mm-hmm. and for pure entertainment you know i feel like it's like kind of like a Something people could look back on, like a, ever, once it's on YouTube, it's like forever. You know, it's like a, it's it's like a time capsule. You know, it's gonna be. It's, I guess that's what a legacy. You know? My legacy will be my videos, and people could relate to it, maybe for a generation. And maybe you know, I have some songs that are like, I don't know if you heard of my uh, baby, baby, baby party. I t- I say, but you know, try to you know like tear Out my own. You know, like just a like, good stuff yeah. that I heard my parents say. Yeah. So it's really kind of like that moral to the story just like you know just be positive and just take care of your parents because when we get you know mm-hmm. it's it's our time to take care of them you know because they took care of us you know they brought us here so we could have a future you know yeah and you know there's no way we could pay them back but our plan is to show you that we understand yeah. <laughs> I, owe, I owe my mama everything you know just be a good person overall no, to me like, lately i just want to be a better person you know i'm definitely not perfect i have you know i have my demons but you know i i definitely want you know I accept you know you know my wrongs, and then I try to correct it you know and um just have knowledge of self, man just just know your identity and uh I think one of my 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 struggles was uh fear and self doubt and the fear of failure you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: like a lot of my my skits never come out because I overthink I think overthinking kills don't overthink y'all mm-hmm. just just put it out, and who cares about anything who cares about views don't chase the views like you know Mm -hmm. just 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 accept that not everything's gonna go viral you know algorithms Mm -hmm. change like back in the day almost everything i put out went viral you know but it's like Mm
0: -hmm. it's different and just
2: don't get caught up in that you know the view stuff you know yeah because like it's kind of an addiction when you see oh people share it but it's like at the end of the day you know it don't matter just just keep being consistent keep being you reinvent yourself you know switch it up that's why i've been like doing mukbangs you know usually i don't really like eating on camera because i you know like, i'm really self-conscious by the way i look on camera so i was like especially eating so <laughs> you know, but you know it's like what people do asmr is a thing you know it's like it's supposed to trigger the part of the brain where right. you know like, you know why not just freaking do something different and just get out your comfort zone because you know i've been on camera so was like why am i shy I'm, i've been doing this for 10 years like every year i have content you know since i started so i was like i feel like kind of reached the ceiling with like this you know what what, what i wanted to do i feel like i've done all the parodies i needed to do but i, I want to like level up i want to do like short films, make some comedy maybe incorporate some action in my comedy i, mean, I still do my nunchucks, so maybe i could do like a comedy <laughs>
0: yeah, right Even it's a
2: short skit you know but like, i like that stuff i like cinematography i like, maybe i want to get in more of a director type role you know maybe find talent and film them and just edit sit back watch people grow maybe mentor some people you know, even musicians, I'm looking for the musicians to mold into artists, whatever, because I have a team of producers, like, I feel like, I, I, I'm the always one, I'm always shouting out my producers, shout out to McNub, a lot of beats, like, I feel like, you know, you gotta have that team, and these are people I grew up with, so it's like, we have a loyalty, and we communicate daily, and we always, like, motivate each other, even though we've been doing it for, like, 20 plus years, and we haven't really, we're not where we want to be, but we do it because we love it, but but we all want to level up like if we could get placement with our beats or whatever and you know if we could you know let's say drake rap on one of our music that would be a dream come true you know yeah but like everything is reachable it's not impossible just believe in yourself just believe you know it could happen and like we're in the digital age the internet is like we're we're closer to making stuff happen and i had stevie b like share share my stories because i shout him out it's like that's my idol like growing up freestyle music and for for my idol to share my stuff and to send me messages so like yo, that's a, that's a dream come true already, you know. So, even T Pain shared one of my memes of me wow. singing to the fan a couple of years ago. I was singing, on am doing like the. Odyssey. That's exciting. Yeah, like yo, T Pain is my my other idols Like, uh, <laughs> he's like my 2005 idol. He had his good one, so I love I love that T Pain era too. So, yeah, I'm really music centric, but um, I also want to like step out my comfort zone. to This whole podcasting, like, just mainly for self improvement too. Like, I I feel like public speaking is important and also you know we want to be able to communicate with each other lift each other up you know talk about issues find solutions and stuff like that and tell stories and you know showcase our people too i want to put our people on maybe even people with no followers or just up-and-comers you know you're not too big you're not too small you know Mm
1: yeah oh i love that i love everything that you just shared it was so inspirational
2: thank you from the heart you know like that's that's what i've been trying to do too just see how i feel like sometimes i'm nervous for no reason just nervous to be on camera so
0: well you inspired us through what you just said since we're just starting our project so thank you so much and i hope that it resonates with our viewers out there we need more people to speak up more and share their voices and stories and yeah life is too short to not not give something back Mm -hmm. and me and Melissa talked about it like when we die like if people can look at our content and find meaning from that, like that's really powerful.
2: Yeah, exactly what I was saying. So, we definitely want to leave Thank something
0: you. behind. Like, we want to make the world better than how we found it, right? Right, exactly. Right. Because our families sacrifice so much for us. Like, we want to do good in our life and we want to give back and speak for them, you know, mm-hmm. and like keep our language, culture, community alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right we're excited to be doing that journey with you and you inspire us by wanting to grow you know like you don't want to stay in that stagnant role of yes exactly yeah so that's amazing to see you try to find other paths for yourself and now you've got a lot of support too so whatever you do like your fans will be there like we'll be there supporting you thank you so
2: much i really appreciate the support support means a lot you know like a share goes a long way i like you know people think i'm i'm too i'm too popping whatever they you know, sometimes when I, my friends don't share my stuff, I feel like, damn. You know, it means you know, like you. Know, I know who shares my, you know, especially my people I grew up with. So I was like, I wish, I wish someone more of my friends share my stuff. Like I still okay. need y'all to share my stuff. It goes know? a long way, especially if yeah. it's friends. It's personal if they don't, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: But like for the most part, it's usually the people that's outside. You know, just just support as They support
0: expanding our networks.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And our last question is. Um, we're called two Khmerican sisters, so we're curious to know what does being Khmerican mean to you? Do you feel more connected with your Khmer culture more, your American culture more, or are they both kind of
2: the similar level? Um, good question. Uh, Khm- being American, Khmerican, it's hard to say. Khmerican? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Khm- <Khm-American. laughs> Khm- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Khmerican, right? Which is just yeah. like a fusion word. um I try to be 50-50, but I'm pro- I'm probably a little more American than I am, that I should, should be like. Um, I'm still, every day I'm learning, I'm, I'm trying to improve my, uh, my vocabulary in Khmer, but I speak Khmer English, so I'm, I think I'm the perfect uh, Khmerican, you know, like, <laughs> I speak, I speak broken. I think a lot of us do, you know. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For many of us, we sometimes feel more American than Khmer, which is natural since the US is truly our home. We will never forget our Cambodian roots. It's so important to understand who we are, where we came from, and how to move
2: forward in life. So it's become kind of a norm, kind of like we're our own little It's like a new generation. Own, yeah, we're <laughs> our own new generation, you know. So it's like uh, but you know, I feel like it's never too late to learn, especially in the internet. It's, there's Facebook groups I do facebook live that teach us all khamaya and you know, we just got to go tune in and maybe try to learn it uh, maybe one of these days i'll pop in under yeah. zoom or something
1: <laughs> well thanks for answering that well there's no like right or wrong answer yeah. but for a lot of our listeners a lot of them are in the same position as we are feeling like right. they're not khamaya enough not yeah. american enough and you know if we don't know how to speak our language then you know our parents and relatives like she's looked down upon yeah, but yeah it's hard I think-
2: yeah, I think we just gotta embrace who we are. We're mm-hmm. we're we're our own. We're Hawaiian American, and um, that's who we are. And I I love it though. I kind of I I kind of love who we are. I think it's you know we own we have our own little lingo, our own little jokes within our people. You know, my my friends we we speak broken to each other, and well, <laughs> it's funny when we try to like really. Telling each other to speak full Khmer. Yeah. So I was like, it's, we're trying. So, <laughs> you know, we're trying.
1: Right. Choy, it was so awesome to have you as our special guest, Akun Chiran, And we Akun are so thankful for the opportunity to get to know you better. And we hope that you'll return as our special guest in the future. Most definitely. Yeah. And thanks for bringing laughter, joy, inspiration, and hope to our Khmer community. Um, and with that, where can our listeners find you on social media?
2: Um, Facebook. Uh, hella Chile, one word. Um, Instagram, hella two underscores Chile because someone took it. Um, YouTube, uh, uh, hella Chile or Chile films, but I changed it to hella Chile so I just try to make it uniform all the way across the board. TikTok, now I'm trying to trying to get with the time you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not doing dance dance uh, dance uh, you know dance routines yet. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I just do it because there's a lot of cool stuff you can learn on there. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, you. what you didn't know about your iPhone, <laughs> <laughs> it's addicting, I got yeah. It's TikTok. addicting, yeah. Like, it's addicting. Out
0: for a long time, yeah. I, I can <laughs> be on it for three hours, I literally, yeah.
2: Yeah, I find myself swiping up so much, I'm like, damn, I spend too much time on here, but I'm still learning. It. It's kind of different. The format, I'm a noob, so I feel like it's important to stay relevant, stay with the times, and stay with the technology. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's people blowing up on TikTok. You know, yeah. my, my chef my chef friend is, he blew up. He has a million subs making, you know, like poor man's recipes, you know, ramen, you know, and then he blew up. He's on like, I think he has like, he was on like BuzzFeed or something crazy, like the news channel. I'm like, wow, he could really change your life. So my, maybe TikTok is the wave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows?
0: Hey, in Bang Chile, you told us a little bit about your podcast, but in a few sentences how would you describe it to the listeners like what can they expect when they listen to you
2: i'm i know that it's, it's, it's going to be a variety channel but i'm gonna like um invite guests from uh the kai community whether whatever 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 profession they are um i actually interviewed like i think 13 people off my network you know there's women in medicine there's um there's hip-hop artists there's a uh, hook maker he makes jerky as well and also there's like childhood friends that grew up with me that are like doing they have like a career they're doing real estate i want to promote their their business as well and um stuff like that i'm always looking for other guests who uh, you know i would say it's a variety show where we talk about anything and everything pop culture uh pop culture news um lifestyle um and um from kamai america and beyond i'm definitely open to having people of all walks of life you know no discrimination i definitely want to talk to the lbtq community as well yeah definitely. I have a lot of my friends that are involved so i definitely want to have them talk about their organization just kind of like lift each other up and put each other on you know like because right. i have a platform I, I don't want to call it my platform it's our platform you know
0: right
2: but i definitely want to support from like my people they always supported me they always showed me love but also like kind of want to have like a mixed audience, a more broad audience. Just like, you know, definitely need to allow people input. We know our neighbors, you know.
1: Yeah, that's so so important. All right, so we just want to say um, that we appreciate you for showing your support and being a strong Kamai role model to us, and we're still so shocked that you connected with us since we've always known you through the internet. Um, no, but it's, it's really pleasure. nice, yeah, to see us all come together and help each other become more successful. And I feel like we do need this, more of this type of support within our community. So thank you. I You're amazing.
2: You guys 100%. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you guys for having thank me on so the show. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, the questions and definitely um, being on here. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm always down to talk, so definitely uh, hope that, you know, yeah. Guys in the future and just run it back when I'm not stuttering like this all the time. <laughs> no, you're
1: not.
0: You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. This is fine. <laughs> so let's reflect on our conversation with Bang I feel like I've learned so much. And what are your key takeaways, sis? Yeah, I mean,
1: it was such a pleasure having him on our podcast. I still feel so honored. But I do have several key takeaways from our conversation with Bong Um, I'd say that I love that he says to not overthink things, especially if they don't matter and it drains your energy. Focus on what you love to do, continually evolve and improve on yourself, step out of your comfort zone. I also admire that he's doing what he loves and isn't afraid to go after his goals and dreams. Like he's continually evolving himself and that's what I admire about him.
0: I also felt like he was speaking to us because we're just starting out with our projects and he was really honest about not paying attention to the haters and all those comments that you may get. So thank you, Bang Chulay. From our time getting to know Bang Chulay, I see the importance of embracing all parts of ourselves, both Khmer and American, and being a strong voice in our Khmerican community, especially since we don't have that much representation. I am so thankful that Bang Chulay came on our show and already believes in what we're doing. I love that he mentions that we, Kamayrakans, need to lift each other up, continue to tell stories, and showcase our people and wonderful culture to the world. For us to feel a sense of community, we should continue making connections with one another and celebrate each other. Thank you, Bang Chile, for paving the way and making us all feel heard and seen as Kamayrakans through your influence. Um, All right, listeners, please be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed what you just heard. Follow us on our social medias at 2 Sisters on Instagram, and we would love to directly engage with you and hope to catch you on the next episode.